Hi, everybody. Hi, I'm Lynn. I'm Vicki. And I'm Bree. And, and we, we are, are Telling on Ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling on ourselves. Telling on ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Yes, we are. And today's episode is we almost have, this is really exciting. We almost have 5,000 downloads. That's unfreaking believable. So I don't, I think this is episode 42. Sure. And it is on growth and acceptance. And um, I've been holding this in. Today is March 15th, 315, the Ides of March. Oh, okay. Beware the Ides of March at 2 Brute. Oh. That's when Caesar was assassinated. So it's been a weird week. We had Mercury retrograde and we had a full moon. We had a Friday the 13th. It was also Pi Day, Mm -hmm. but that's not sinister mm-hmm. or anything but and we put the clocks ahead yeah oh, we and sprang we, forward we sprang forward and don't forget COVID-19 well that is unforgettable are we feeling nutty yet hello 2020 <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you yes it is giving us a big giver we're gonna have lots of retrospective stuff to talk about in the future aren't we oh about we 2020? sure Histor- history is happening yep it always does. Yeah. It's just some's more remarkable than others. But I think it's always important to remember et tu brute. Et tu brute. What does that mean again? And you too, Brutus, because Brutus betrayed him. Oh, and you too, Brutus, <clears throat> et tu brute. Et okay. tu brute. So when someone stabs you in the back, that's mm-hmm. what you say. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep, but we're not going to be doing any stabbing today. I'm not feeling stabby. <laughs> no, no. I love what kind. I left my shanks at home. <laughs> so, but I do have the first thought wrong. Well, this is going to be fun. This is. So last week, before we started recording our podcast, Vicky said, "Ooh, I've got an email to share with you guys." I think it was a message on Instagram to the Telling on Ourselves page. So she opened it up, and we were reading it, and it was from a company, and they said, "Hey." We've been following you on Instagram. You guys are killing it. So immediately that's massaging my ego and making me excited. I'm like, what? There's people out there, strangers that are following Instagram, not just people we know. And then they uh, went into this spiel about how they would like us to sponsor our product. And the first thing I thought was, sweet, we can get some money to help cover our operating costs. I wasn't thinking we're going to get rich. It was more... We have some strangers that just approached us for absolutely no reason out of the blue, and they want to help us pay for our operating costs. What is not to love about this? And I think I looked around, and we're all like, okay, okay. And then Bree looked up what the company was. It's not something that we really feel like we want to endorse. And so we had to have a conversation about, is this something we want to pursue? Do we not? And then I had to go, okay, you're right. It's not about the money. It's really about who we're representing and what our fa- what we want our face to be in front of, and that is not something that we want to do. So it was nixed, but I have really had that rush at the beginning of, oh my gosh, here's an easy way out, and that was that was the big first thought wrong. And you know, whenever you think you have an easy way out, there's always a catch, but I got caught up in that, like hardcore. And it was interesting because you were very quiet through that whole conversation that me and Bree were having, and Bree and I, she thought I was saying one thing, and I thought... I thought I was communicating another thing, and it was really funny because I was agreeing with her, but she thought I was disagreeing with her. So she was, like, very challenging, and I loved it. I'm like, yeah, girl, I like your passion. No, it really was a good thing. It was. Well, Lynn, I had the same thought, so mm-hmm. I had first thought wrong, too. I was thinking, ooh, sponsorship, you know, like, yeah, yay, that, Well, that's sponsored. kind of the holy grail for podcasts. 
you know that you've arrived. And when I listen to podcasts and the the quality and the amount of sponsorship they have, that that to me is like my gauge of how successful they are, which is what it's it's not about that at all. But if people are trying to make it their um, livelihood, obviously that's the route they have to go. This that's never been our intention. No, here our intention is really this is a labor of love, and we do it because. We care about what we're talking about, and it's not about. We want to reach as many people as possible, but it's not about making um, a uh, job out of it. Right. right, right, right. Well, so you know, no one, no one faults you for that. That's a that was a normal first thought. Wrong. I feel like you know. Well, I didn't. I I didn't even read the whole email because I wanted to read it all with you guys. I mm-hmm. just saw that somebody wanted us to be their ambassador, and I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to roll this out to the girls on Sunday. <laughs> and uh, then we, but the due diligence. I mean, you mm-hmm. have to do your due diligence. That just goes to show you how important it is to have different personalities. Because I am not a personality that digs into the details. Bree, one hundred percent is, and mm-hmm. I am so grateful for that. I mean, she's helped me. I did this whole challenge thing, and she helped me with all my emails and it's so funny well i should save this i'm gonna save i can save that for a first thought wrong good excellent but today we are talking about we're still working on the principles that go along with the steps and the program that we work to maintain um to get and maintain our sobriety and today we're doing step six six and it's acceptance and growth Growth and acceptance, acceptance and growth. We're mm-hmm. going to get better. Yes, we are. At both. And we do it by growth and acceptance. So oh, definition corner. I have for growth, act or process of development, gradual increase or importance of something. Do you want it again? Yes. Growth is the act or process of development, gradual increase or importance of something. I like that. And then acceptance is the act of taking or receiving something offered, act of assenting or believing. What I like about this, especially the the acceptance, is there is action. It's the act of assenting or believing. It's the act of taking or receiving. Growth is also your act or process of development. So both of those, what I love about them is action and Step six can seem a little ambiguous about because it's talking about our character defects. Well, what defects. is step six? Step fix. <laughs> <laughs> step fixer upper. It's a fixer upper. It is step. a fixer upper step. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, do you know it by heart? Six um, became defect. willing to have God remove all our defects of character. Yep. Yep. Character defects, and when you see be become willing, to me that's not screaming action. That's kind of like turning my mindset around. Mm-hmm. But the actual definitions for what goes along with it, growth and acceptance, is action. And I like that. I like that it's not just about, okay, I need to become more amenable to it. I need to become more willing. It's action. Uh, it's the act of accepting. It's the act of growing, of becoming bigger, receiving, accepting. Yeah, and for me, I think accepting my character defects, it was an act. And it was like the other act for me was, you know, praying for acceptance of those things and the willingness to um, 
uh, actually want to like move forward and because I mean you're kind of doing a big step there with like if you're asking to get better at something you're probably going to be confronted with things that are going to challenge you to get better at those things so I say you know if you pray for patience you might sit in a traffic jam so be careful what you pray for but if it's something you want to get better at you know be ready to actually (laughs) get confronted with it yeah um, in growth, I like that it. Um, when I take apart this, when I um, deconstruct the definition, it's gradual importance of something. So in the beginning, <clears throat> we can say, yeah, absolutely. Take away all my bad um, character defects. Take away all the bad stuff in my character. Please go ahead. But it actually, what we dis- discover in this this growth is that there's some things that we really hold on to, even if we know and they're inherently wrong for us, we still hold on to them because it's that comfort thing. It's what we know about ourselves. And it's, it's a lot of times it's our self-defense mechanisms or it's just that, that comfort blanket, you know, it's our little blankie. Well, sometimes we have fun being gossipers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have fun making self-deprecating jokes. Sometimes we have fun. um, We have a habit of beating ourselves up or, like we were talking about this morning, not accepting compliments and mm-hmm. um, being dishonest. Sometimes it's it's when you do it so much, and I think everyone lies. I don't think anyone is uh, <laughs> is free from lying. Um, when you have that as such a habit in your life, to be honest, you sometimes don't even realize that you're in your character defects. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and I remember the first time I went through the steps, there were the obvious character defects, but I felt like I kind of purged those and recognized them and put them out on display when I did my inventory. And it was all those subtle ones that's taken me almost three years to figure out because they're so ingrained in my behavior and what I consider me that I didn't see that they were actually just a way of protecting myself that I had used for so long. Right, it, it becomes like an adjective of who you are, or like you're. It becomes you, but it's really not you. Mm-hmm. Like you can lie, but it doesn't make you a liar. All like, but we. I think I came in like thinking all these crappy things about myself. Like I am a liar. I'm a cheater. I'm a this. I'm a that. And I really like that was like my identity. Like I had all these things as my identity and it's like, no, these are just like bad behaviors mm-hmm. that I've been grown accustomed to practicing. And then this is kind of like, okay, now how do we accept that and just grow and right. have them not be the knee-jerk reaction to handling life's problems? Right. You know? And that happens from growth. And practice. And practice. And practice. Yeah, lots and lots of practice. And people around you that are willing to poke you when it's happening and mm-hmm. say, oh, that's a little codependent Vic. <laughs> yeah, or mine is um, the scorekeeping. I, when I was talking about it a little bit this morning and Dave pokes me all the time, why are you scorekeeping? Why are you scorekeeping? It's like this fear of like not having enough or, um, having expectations that somebody else should, you know, act in a way that I, you know, I'm expecting somebody to do a certain thing based off of what I would do. Like I'm imposing what I would practice onto somebody else and expecting them to give it back to me. And so like I have a really bad habit of scorekeeping and it's like when it's pointed out to me at first I'm like pissed because you pointed out something, you know, I feel like I like you sh- you fired a shot at me. Um but 
now I actually feel I'm like, okay, that is unattractive. Like, I don't want to be a scorekeeper. I want to be able to like, because my goal, you know, my my soul really does want to be a giver and compassionate. And like, that's truly who I do want to be. So when it's pointed out to me, like, yeah, my ego's hurt a little bit, mm-hmm. but I'm able to be like, well, that's the truth. I am, I am acting like a scorekeeper right now. And you know, how do I, how do I let that go? How do I give it over and practice something different? Like, okay, Dave, you can have a can of Zevia. I'll share it with you, you know, or What's right. Zevia? It's like this soda pop thing. It's not I real pop. That. It's made with <clears throat> stevia instead of other sweeteners or whatever. But I like I covet it almost because when it goes on sale, it's like expensive. So when it goes on sale, I like hoard up on it. And then like I want to have one every single night. And so like when he drinks some, he like gulps it. And it's so crazy. And I'm like, I'm examining how he's drinking it. I'm like, you're drinking too much. There's not going to be enough for me. There's going to be plenty for me. He's like, you're scorekeeping. He's like, we don't do that. You know, that's not what, that's not love when you score keep like that, you know? So I'm learning, I'm still learning, but that's just one of the things that I can think of right now that I need to grow, grow through. Cause it's mm-hmm. been something that's followed me my whole life. Even when I was a little, little girl, I was scorekeeping with how my mom would treat me versus how she would treat my brother. And that to me reflected how much she loved me. And I always felt like she took his side. And I've, I've carried that from that relationship to high, middle school and high school friendships to college friendships to after that to my relationship now with Dave. So yeah. I'm still learning. Always learning. You stop learning when you're dead. I don't think you stop before then. Well, and you can't change unless you're aware of it. So that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking when you grow. It's like you're becoming aware, you know, having a new perspective, acknowledging something. Right, which is why acceptance can be real. <laughs> <laughs> if you're aware of it. Exactly. And I think I had it. My, it was actually my sister pointed out. She said sometimes it seems like you guys, she, especially when she listens to our podcast in succession, she forget because I'll say, which one did you listen to? And she's like, they all kind of run together. And we've done acceptance before, and we've probably done growth before, but we're taking it on a different perspective. So um, when Vicki was talking about acceptance being real, it's one of the very first podcasts we did. She was She's very much a processor while talking, and she was figuring out what acceptance meant to her at the time. And she's like, but it's not real if you're not really doing it. If you're just saying I'm in acceptance, but you're not actually taking Feeling it or, or taking action, yeah. then it's not real. And she, <laughs> to me, Bree and I just kept going, but acceptance isn't real. And Bree and I were both looking at each other like, we don't know what to do from here. <laughs> we're stuck. <laughs> this is the topic. <laughs> it was almost too heady for us. Exactly. It was we're too like, existential. Okay, we're 12 minutes in and acceptance isn't real. Peace out. <laughs> topic, topic done. <laughs> But this is looking at acceptance in a different way than that that very heady kind of deep thoughts we were having before. Well, because it's kind of like, you know, when you used to hate when people would say, well, you don't have to like it, but you have to accept it. Did anyone ever tell that to you mm-hmm. growing up? I think I heard that all the time mm-hmm. growing up because I would throw a fit when I didn't get my way because I was still an alcoholic then just without <laughs> the booze. Um but and, and but it's true, right? You don't necessarily have to like all the things, um, your character defects, and you don't have to like the truth always. But like until you accept it, you know, there's you not can't change your it. stalemate at. Mm-hmm. So basically, what, you you're know? fighting yourself. You are internally, yeah, you really are. right? Mm-hmm. So or that other person or whatever. When we're not in acceptance of something that is actually happening, and we're in denial, which was the 
crux of my disease, right? It's still happening. It, yeah, it's still right? happening. So I'm just fighting. I just continue this fight with myself. And there's a line in the big book that says we cease fighting everything and everyone. And when it's talking about letting go of um, alcohol. And I'll tell you, that line, that cease fighting, that cease fighting is so important to me and my recovery because I can be a scrapper. You know, I can fight for my right to party, and I did for a real long time. <laughs> I always have to fight. bring in the BC boys. <laughs> um, because, you know, it's just, ugh, it's just so hard to let go of how you think things should be. And it's growth to be able to let to allow things to be. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I've probably said the serenity prayer, what it's going on nine and a half years. I don't know. I've said it every day, probably about at the minimum three times a day. Like the serenity prayer is one of the go-to prayers for our program. Mm -hmm. And it says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So those are action, you know. Acceptance is action when all is said and done. It's an internal action. And then courage to actually change something about our behavior. And then wisdom is an internal thing too, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and wisdom is... Well, yeah, it is internal. It's finally understanding what part you can play in the change and letting go of everything else. Which we all need to really do right now. Well, I was about to say, um, I had an, an event this Friday, past Friday night, and um, I have this thing, especially in my kitchen in my space, where I get very territorial and possessive because, you know, in my mind, things need to be done a certain way for safety and, you know, for all those really legitimate reasons. But really, it's just because I want things done the way I want them done. And I tell myself it's because of all that other stuff. But really, that's my defense mechanism. And I'm just figuring out, because I knew that I did that. It's like I recognize it. I know when I'm going to that mindset. Control's been been coming up a lot for you lately. I know, and it, it is control. And what I'm learning is that... For this particular instance, because, I, again, it probably all comes back to this, I get really possessive and controlling because I'm afraid if someone's doing something in my kitchen that I didn't do, like wipe the counter. It's like that time at the retreat, at the workshop. That's a reflection on my ineptitude. That's a reflection on me not being capable and doing things or seeing that it should have been done. Even if it's somebody wiping off a counter that got dirty during the event, I didn't get to it fast enough, so someone has to pick up my slack. Okay, so let's talk through this. Yeah, please. Let's talk about, okay, what can you do? So, so you have this, it makes you feel that way. Why does it, why do you think that it, well, Whose opinion do you care about? That's the first question for me. Everyone. Okay, and what do you learn when you first come into the rooms? That opinions don't matter? It's no you it's none of your business what anyone else thinks of you. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time nobody's thinking of you. Yeah. Right? That's a good tool that I've gotten in my toolbox from mm-hmm. coming into these rooms. Um, but so it's it's there, mm-hmm. and you know you should accept that fact, but you don't, right? Right. So you feel like that. So when someone tells you not to feel like that, or when someone, okay, how about when, when someone does something that you don't like, how do you approach it? At work. 
right? Yeah. Um, it depends. It depends on what kind of good space I am. If I'm, if I'm having that knee jerk and reacting, am I able to take a pause and see that they're just trying to help me, or do I immediately go, I'm going to get to that. I, ha- I haven't had time yet, but I'm going to get to that. So that tells me immediately what kind of headspace I'm in, if I'm able to wait and pause or if I have to immediately jump in and go, I was getting to that. What's the difference? Like, what's your reaction when you are not in a good mental space? And what's your reaction when you are? It's usually my stress level with all the things that I feel like I did or didn't do well enough or good enough. It's all a reflection of of my value, what I'm I'm feeling like I did or didn't do. Mm. So how how do you come to terms with the fact that no matter what, when you're doing your best... You can respect. I guess it's about respecting yourself. It is because I'm so worried that somebody's going to think that I'm incompetent. And it really doesn't matter because they're not. And it reminds me of the Brene Brown thing where she talks about don't if you're not in the in the arena, you have you're not my critic, mm-hmm. right? So people that don't don't know aren't out there fighting that fight, living that life. Don't get to. You don't get, you know, they don't get to judge you. It's none of their business. Right. You know, I mean, there's another way of, of looking at that. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. It is hard. And and I and I know I've made I've made tremendous progress. Tremendous. That doesn't mean that I don't always go back to the wagon wheel rut that I know the best. Mm-hmm. And the best is that everybody's judging me. They're gonna think that I don't know what I'm doing or that I don't do it well enough or I'm not. It's it's self worth. It's like I am not uh, worthy of the position that I have. But you are not what you do. You are you. You are a beautiful person worthy of love, just like the rest of us. Not by doing anything. You don't have to do something to be loved, to be worthy, to be of value. You are already of value. You were born that way. My self worth really gets hung up on that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people yeah. go to that and we kind of, we promote that in the, in I'm our sure. society, you know, you know, and I, I always think, and I, I always think of, and I can't remember what I, it wasn't, well, I minored in sociology in college mm-hmm. and I remember when they would talk about roles because that's a big part of sociology is, you know, the roles people play in their in their social circles and in society. And so many people prescribe themselves to specific roles. And then without it, like, who are they like moms? Right. Like is and this is just the example I'm using because it. It, I think it is the most prevalent one because there are so many expectations for mothers these days. Like moms are supposed to be able to like do it all and have everything organized and be um, showing up for their kids at school, be showing up for their husbands at home and be showing up for themselves and their girlfriends and, and, work. and, and work if they're not to a stay boss home. ass. Yeah. Bitch. And if you stay at home, then you're judged for staying at home. But if you work, then you don't spend enough time with your kids. And it's like that role, but it's like, you are not a mom. Like you are, but that is not all that you are. And, um, but we promote that. That's mm-hmm. definitely what we promote. And then we like, we score keep and grade people on that sometimes. And we judge. And that's why if everyone in the world could get this thing that Mr. Don Ruiz and the people in these rooms says about it being none of our business, don't make assumptions mm-hmm. and don't take 
anything personally because guess what? It doesn't matter. It's not about them. It's about you. You have your life to live and you have your gifts to bring. And what we were talking about with the skill set, some people are good at showing up and doing the service work and some people are good at leading and some people are good at, you know, some moms are very nurturing and should stay home with their kids. Other moms should go to work because that makes them better. So they, when they show up for their kids, they're in a better mental space. Mm I'm just saying it's also hard. Like when you ask somebody like, hey, who are you? The first thing people want to do is like be their job or be their, be the mom or the dad. Like they want to, you know, and I was, when I went to the gala with Dave, I was actually worried about, okay, what do I talk about? And I was thinking, I was already you know, feeling insecure about, okay, I'm, if I'm, you know, I have to talk about my job, you know, I don't really want to have to talk to people about my job. Then what else do I have to talk to them about? Like I'd already prescribed my worth as being just my job and how I feel about my job. Um, and it's almost a challenge. I, and I mean, I kind of want to, maybe we can take the challenge of like coming up with something like a way to describe ourselves that doesn't necessarily include roles. And it's funny, Brie, because when I think of you, your job is never in that thought. Well, and you guys know me so well, but Mm -hmm. to outside people, here's, well, and here's why this is a problem, because then my other label that I have of myself is that I'm an alcoholic and I don't share that with too many people, you know, at work or, well, work, I'm pretty open about it. But now that we have more people there, I don't, you know, I'm not, a lot of people don't know anymore at work. Um, And then of course, like in, you know, people that know Dave, like I don't know at all. Um, So yeah. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I think, well, if people, for example, Dave's, uh, one of his boss's husbands said, so what's going on with you, Brie? And in my mind, I'm like, uh, besides AA, you know, and program, like, I don't know. Like, I just feel that's a big part of my life and who I am. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I don't, talk about to some, you know, so I, that was another thing that worried me. I'm like, okay, if I don't want to talk about my job and I can't talk about my alcoholism, you know, I, it's, it's, what I'm saying is we don't, um, identify too much with something that's not a role that we've prescribed to ourselves. Like I'm Brie and I'm a light and I'm funny. And you know, those things mm-hmm. we identify with, I'm a salesperson I'm so a mom. this is something that is coming up so hard in my life right now with this new um, career that I'm mm-hmm. journeying on. And when I first, and it, and it is practice, right? And I'm still trying to come up with my elevator pitch. Um, what what words define me in, in a short amount of time? And that superhero challenge, if you do it, I bet you could find some words. Yeah. I bet we could find some words to define ourselves that are um, our superpower challenge that I did. And it's still up, so we can still do it. And I'll put the link in the show notes. Please. But, um, it's so awesome because it, it's all these different exercises from all these different self-help exactly things that, that I've done. And you can see a bunch of words and be this is me. Oh, yeah, this is me. And, and you know, one of my superpowers was listening and learning, right? Uh, and I took, there's also a quiz you could take, and I'll have the link for that in the show notes, but it's a quiz about um, the 24 basic strengths, and mine was, my number one strength was love of learning, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's just, I'm a learner. You know, I'm a student of life. I have mm-hmm. always have been, which is why I was so attracted to improv, because in improv, you study people, and you watch them, and you get to 
portray what you think they are. That's your art form. And um, there's so many things that you are, Brie. I can't wait. Why don't we all do it and then come back in yeah, a couple weeks week. and, yeah. and ha- talk about it? I like it. Um, it's interesting while you were talking, um, what I was thinking about was how we um, get stuck in these descriptors of ourselves. And I think one of the reasons a lot of us like those personality tests is because it gives us new descriptors that we can't think oh, yeah. of in our normal life. Because I'm always gravitate to the, Even those like stupid Facebook games, I love them. It's like, well, how does this see me? Because I always want to know, how does the world see me? It's like I, I get so stuck in my internal uh, ruts, my wagon wheel ruts, that I forget to think about... Um, outside of that little box and then I'm always curious how other people see me because that that gives me a new perspective not that I'm basing my value on how people see me but I'm always curious to see what I'm putting out there that's reflected back well and I think the key and the trick and I haven't quite gotten there yet is to accept yourself first and, and not worry so much about the external, mm-hmm. is to have that internal acceptance, that the work to have internal acceptance and to believe that this universe, this higher power, that all the people that are surrounding you for whatever reason do have mad love for you, right? Or they're your teachers. But it's kind of, if we have that self-acceptance, if we have that internal acceptance of who we are, then that need to look outside of ourselves isn't as much. But I'm obsessed with personality tests, too, Mm -hmm. and I love them. And I find them so interesting, and I I find the mind, like why and what. And the good news is, is I talked about it with that Shauna Shapiro, Dr. Shauna Shapiro book, but you can rewire that. You can change that. You don't have to be what you think you are. And one of the biggest ways to change it is words is like the whole thing about I, I'm kind of going to out myself with the Spilios thing. And it's cute and it's funny and I do spill a lot. But you also pick up and I'm working. Fast. Yes, I'm working on being more balanced. So I read this. Sorry, um, I banged my pen. Um, I read this thing and I don't remember where, but it said basically instead of saying what your thing is, I'm clumsy. I'm not good at math. I'm this. I'm working on being better at math. Mm-hmm. I'm working on not spilling as much. I'm working on being better at Excel. I'm working on not taking things personally. I'm working on that. Instead of saying, oh, I'm just a sensitive person, I'm working on not taking things personally. That's interesting because one of the practices, and it was when I moved this last time, I've always had a problem keeping up with my car keys. And if I don't have a place when I walk in the door because it's so subconscious, and I have this weird subconscious thing that I do not just with my stuff but with everyone's stuff where I'll set something on top of some of my things or somebody else's, and then I can't find it. Like, for instance, I come in and I throw my keys on the bed and then I lay my purse on top of it. Or if I'm at Vicky's, she'll have something on the table and I'll lay a, a, a notebook on top of it. Why? I have no idea. But instead of always saying, I can't ever find my keys, I now say, I always have to put my keys in the, the same place every day. And it's funny because I didn't think of it in those terms, but that's how I've, I'm learning to correct that bad habit that I have is instead of always saying I can't find them now, I always have to put them in the same place. 
hard to do. Oh, God. You have no idea the hours that I've spent in my <laughs> lifetime. And how many... Oh, yes, I do, because I've done the same thing. <laughs> and and how many times have we said it? So it's like we say it, and mm-hmm. then we continue to do it. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. We self-fulfill that, yeah, yeah, bad thing. And it's harder to do stuff when you say it in the negative. Mm-hmm. You know, like I... Instead of saying, I don't I eat sugar, yeah. I don't eat sugar, you say, I eat healthfully, I eat healthfully, I eat healthfully, right. you know? like so saying, I never do this, say, because then you are choosing to do a more positive thing for yourself. Yeah. What, no matter what it is. Like, instead of, I don't smoke, I am a non-smoker. Yeah. I am a non, like, like be what you want to be, not what you're, like, the don't. The, mm-hmm. the, is or, reinforcing yeah, I am not, or I do not, like the not part is negative. Like, yeah. so you want to be, I am, I am. I like it. And yeah, that, there's a, I am is such a huge. It is. Yeah. And that's growth. And acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like that part about self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. I think that was my golden nugget for today was when you, because I wasn't even thinking of acceptance in self-acceptance terms. But I think that any growth, whether you want to grow into something you're not already or just grow stronger at the things you already are, having like self-acceptance for just where you're at and awareness and acknowledgement of that is huge. And then what you were telling Lynn about you're worthy and we all have value and that's part of self-acceptance too. Like you're not how clean the counters are. You're just not. And I would never see you that way. Just like you said, you would never see me as my job. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. It's funny how we take these things with us into we different do. pockets of our lives and we compartmentalize. And some areas we're really great at letting go of that stuff. Other areas, it's like our whole identity is wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. Well, once you get through one part in your life, a new thing shows up, right? You get, you gotta grow. You get your next challenge. You can't just be stagnant. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. I have a couple of really good nuggets, if, if, if I can share more than one. Um, and I think two of us uh, jumped on this, cease fighting everything and everyone. Oh, that, that My head kind of exploded, just so you know. <laughs> Letting go of how you think things should be, which I, that's been a practice I've been trying. I've been trying for a long time, and I will continue to work on it because I know that's a real big roadblock for me. And then describe ourselves without normal the normal labels that we normally do. And when Bree was talking about meeting a stranger and, and wanting to share kind of like an overview of, you know, what's been going on and and don't don't use your normal labels. Try to come up with a new one, a different one. My, my golden nugget is probably the whole definition of growth, gradual mm-hmm. increase of importance of something and how this has gradually become very important for me to live like this. And then um, how does the world see me? When you were talking about that, how does the world see me? And kind of wrapping up all these principles, uh, if we're living in these principles, that's how the world will see us, mm-hmm. right? They don't care about these de- definitions that we think we have to have and check off in a box. They care about, like that Maya Angelou quote, you won't, people won't remember what you said. They will remember how you made them feel. Right, yeah. I it's like a good, it. It's good stuff, guys. And that's a good way to end. Yep. So we are, um, I don't know, what do we have to wrap it up with in terms of like things we need to tell the audience? Uh, listen, 50, 47 more people download our things and we'll hit 5,000. Yeah, 5,000, y'all. 
and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, and you can email us at tellingonourselves3 at at gmail.com. We heart y'all and be well. Tribe out. Tribe out. Tribe out. Wash your hands. Thank you so much for listening to Telling on Ourselves. You can please rate, review, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast platforms. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook or Instagram at Telling on Ourselves.